is the Marked Podcast from Life by Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West and Elizabeth Heineman. Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how he has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We are so glad you've joined us today. Before we kick into the episode today, um, I'm going to give you a heads up where you're going to be hearing from Jackie Hill Perry. Um, she has become one of my favorite um, speakers to hear, um, people to follow on Instagram, um, and you're really going to love this conversation. But I want to let you know about some of our Lifeway Women events that are coming up um, later on this year. Um, we are right in the thick of our of our women's events for the year. That includes Living Proof Live with Beth Moore, Priscilla Shire Live, Abundance, the Women's Forum, You Lead Events, um, and the Word Alive with Lisa Turkhurst. And so we want to make sure that you guys are aware um, that all of those things are happening. You can get to those really easily. We're going to link it in the show notes at lifeboy.com forward slash women's events. Um, but if you want to hear Jackie in particular, um, you can hear her at two of our abundance events that are um, later in 2018, one in Richmond, Virginia, one in Portland, Oregon. Those are one day events for women where you're going to hear from a ton of powerful Bible teachers. Um, you're going to worship together, engage with other women, um, and you're really going to learn more about who God is and so um, and what it looks like to live and walk out in his abundance. And so if you want to see Jackie at either of those, um, there's also one in Frisco, Texas coming up this fall. Um, But we'd love for you guys to come to those. It's lifeway.com forward slash abundance or at our Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum. Now, if you've never attended the Lifeway Women's Leadership Forum, it is probably one of my favorite events that we do. Um, Jackie will be there along with some other um, fantastic Bible teachers, breakout leaders. It's a three-day conference here in the Nashville area um, just for you. You can go to lifeway.com forward slash women's forum and find out all the details. But Jackie's going to be one of the keynote speakers and you're going to want to hear from her and a ton of other women as you grow in leadership. So I hope that you guys will enjoy today's episode with Jackie and that you will check out our other women's events for 2018. I'm so glad that y'all have joined us today on the Marked Podcast, where I'm just super excited about um, our guest today. Her name is Jackie Hill Perry. And so Elizabeth and I are going to spend some time today talking to, to Jackie, but we're so glad you're here. Yay. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Um, well, I think this has been one of those that like you've been on like the podcast list for a while of like people we wanted to talk to. So I'm really pumped about this. Are you, Elizabeth? Yes, totally. Yeah. I cannot wait to hear some of these answers. I know. So, Elizabeth, <laughs> why don't you why don't you kind of lead us off? OK, so let's just start getting to know you, Jackie. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. <sighs> I am uh, a weirdo. Uh, first, <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I'm just. I don't know. It's always awkward to uh, kind of define yourself, but I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Uh, I speak on occasion about the Bible and Jesus and God. I also do poetry. Um, I'm a rapper. And I think that's it. Yeah. And I really like Food Network. That's, yeah. that's pretty much me. What's, yeah, what's that's your, my thing. What's your favorite show on the Food Network? It would probably be Diners, Drivers, and Dives. Oh, yeah. I yeah, love that guy Fieri and his sunglasses on the back of his head. He's he's hilarious. I don't like his shirt. No. But <laughs> or his uh, hair. I, yeah, I'm not a it's not a thing for me. But I love his show. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. He's awesome. Um well and you you just had a baby like not too long I did. ago. Yeah. Yeah, like 14 days ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> this is just fresh <laughs> off the boat. Um, right. That's awesome. Well, good. Well, are you like are you sleeping at all right now? Last night was good, but the night before that was bad. So it's it, it's kind of, you know, hit or miss. But for the most part, we're always tired. But yeah. that's a part of it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't expect a newborn to know how to sleep uh, consistently when she's been in someone's body. So That's true. 
Yeah. Tell us a little about the rest of your family. Uh, <clears throat> well, my, my husband, he's a poet. Um, we met doing poetry, actually sharing our testimonies on the stage. Um, and he's also uh, just a teacher in our local church and local community and stuff like that. And then there's my daughter, Eden, who is uh, very entertaining to most people on social media. Instagram um, celebrity. Yeah, people are kind of fan of my kid. Like, they know her <laughs> before they know me on some planes, plane rides I've been on. So, yeah, that's my family. That's oh, awesome. my new baby, Autumn. I don't know who she is yet. but <laughs> Well, she's adorable. <laughs> she's just cute. Yeah. Yeah, I, I expect her to be something special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, just to kind of dive right in, you know, who, if you had to, to think on some women who have been influential in your life, um, who would some of those women be? Yeah, I think locally, um, I think the first woman that was influential in my life was the woman that discipled me. Uh, I lived in LA for about two years and I lived with her. Um, and one of the first things that was significant, yet very, very irritating that she did was um, I was used to getting up in the morning and just getting on Facebook. And this was before Instagram and Twitter was kind of like becoming popular, but people didn't know what to do. It was like, do I just tweet that I'm going to the mall? I don't know what to do. And so I got up and uh, on the computer, she had a post-it note that said, before you get on this computer, I need you to do a whole chapter of Seeking Him by Nancy Lee DeMoss. Mm. And it was like a chapter on pride. And mm. I was just irritated, one, that she knew <laughs> my morning routine. Secondly, I was irritated that she had me, you know, do some type of spiritual discipline instead of like having like this idle time with people that I was friends with on Facebook. And so that that relationship, for the most part, is really what uh, kind of formed formed me as a Christian and as a believer, because she got a hold of me really, really early in the faith um, and just taught me just how to pray, taught me uh, the gospel, taught me how to read scriptures, taught me how to uh, walk by the spirit in all things, just not as it relates to sexuality. Um, and so definitely her. Um, I think publicly would be Nancy Lita Moss because mm. um, I, I just, I digested just a lot of her resources early on. And I think coming from the background that I came from where I didn't know what it meant to be a woman for mm. real, um, mm -hmm. didn't know how to figure it out. Like her book helped me to understand that womanhood uh, had everything to do with the glory of God. And so I think for that reason, I'll forever be grateful to her. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and as you, you know, kind of referenced a little bit about your story, would you mind just kind of, just for people who are unfamiliar with you and kind of your background and everything, um, would you, yeah. would you kind of give us the Reader's Digest version of, of Jackie Hill Perry and kind of like, <laughs> I mean, I know that that's a lot, that's a lot to ask, but like, would no. you kind of give us a little bit of background on who you are and how God has kind of brought you to where you are now? Yeah. So I, I think a quick gist would be, um, grew up in a single parent home. Um, my dad was pretty much very inconsistent in my life. He would be there for a year, disappear for two, be there for a year, disappear for four. Um, I got into pornography pretty young, around six or seven, um, dealt with gender confusion around that time as well. And also noticed in myself, like kind of attraction for the same sex that I didn't have a name for. Cause mm -hmm. I mean, late eighties, early nineties, it wasn't that, uh, popular necessarily on like TV for me to know, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. 
Um, but as I grew, like the attractions never stopped. They never ceased. They always just were there. And so when I was 19, no, 17 is when I just actually was like, you know what, I'm just going to be gay. And so I kind of lived life, not even kind of, I lived life as a lesbian uh, for a couple years. And in the black community, I was what was called a stud. And so I was the one who dressed like a man, tried to act like a man um, in the in the relationships I were in, was in. I was like the masculine role um, and stuff like that. So I just lived life uh, submitting to whatever my affections were. Um, until I was 19, and that's when the Lord saved me from my sins, all of them. So. Amen. So good. You know, and he, I, I love, I was telling you right before we got started about this, that you got, or I was, I mean, I wasn't telling you you have a book come out, but I was telling you that I had read some of it. Um, it's coming yeah. out September 3rd, and, um, and, and I was reading it this morning, and just, like, just so, Fast and I got to the point where where you had started to connect with the Lord and just in all yeah. of that in the story and just to see the way that He pursued you, um, oh man, was just like I, I was just sitting there on the edge of my like on the edge of my chair going I have to do other stuff for work but I really can't quit reading this right now, <laughs> and um and I love that the way that the Lord works in such specific ways just to to pursue us and how He's done that with you and how now you have you've been given opportunity by the Lord to share your story and what you've learned and just to use it for his glory. And I think that's such a powerful thing. Yeah. 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 He was, he was relentless. Mm. That, that's really, and I know that's like the cool word uh, that like a lot of worship songs use, but it's, <laughs> it's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. When it's he wants word. you, he really will do all that uh, it takes to have you. So, yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your book while we're on the subject? Like, who did you, who did you write this book for? Well, three people were in mind when I wrote the book. The book is called uh, Gay Girl, Good God. And when I wrote it, I had three kind of groups in mind. I had the person who is actively um, in the gay community or struggling with same sex, not even struggling, but has same sex attractions. Mm -hmm. um, the second person was the, the Christian who wants to learn uh, the mind and uh, learn from someone who deals with same-sex attraction as a believer so that they can better minister to that community. Um, and then the third is people who are believers that deal with same-sex attraction and are trying to resist and are fighting and love Jesus and are bearing fruit to the Spirit, but this is one aspect of temptation that they uh, will forever possibly have. So I just wanted to communicate my story in such a way um, where you see God more than you see me. Um, that you understand that the gospel really uh, does give us the power to flee um, everything, not just our sexual temptations, but our pride and our yeah. arrogance and our lack of wisdom in some situations. And so, yeah, those those are the people that I wrote the book for. I love it. I can't wait to read it. I have not yet. Elizabeth, I know. <laughs> I know. Slacker. I know. I know. <laughs> I got it yesterday. <laughs> Yes. I can't wait to read it, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, Grace. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and what were you really, you know, and and I, I read the introduction where Nancy Lee, you know, kind of sets up the book a little bit, talks a little bit about you, um, mm -hmm. you know, but but she said that she kind of like went ouch, like when she read the title, like that it's gay girl, good God. Like, you know, I, I but I there's something I love about that. But I sort of like when I saw it come through my inbox because I hadn't seen the title yet. I was like, whoa, but I was like, that's that's bold. Like, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's truth. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of it's where you were. And so was that a like 
did you at all blink with that being the title of the book or was that just like the kind of obvious thing? Um, that's my personality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think if anybody spends a little time with me or even if you listen to my poetry or listen to me talk, I'm pretty frank mm-hmm. um, about things. Like I'm just not one to be vague and all of that. And so the, I wanted a title that was just as bold as my art has been. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like when we, when we think about those who, uh, champion gay rights and gay rights, as it relates to just championing sin, they are very bold and they are very outlandish in their beliefs and are unapologetic about it. And so I just wanted to be just as bold about what God has done for this gay, who, what used to be a gay girl. I, I, I don't identify myself by my temptations, but I wanted to have a title that kind of was like in your face enough to get you to be intrigued, but also that you see that, man, like God has been good to who I used to be and is still good to who I am today. And so, yeah, yeah, it was purposeful. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it did that. I love it. And (laughs) and had I seen it on the shelf, like I think I would have had the same reaction, but I would have picked it up to go, let me look, look, let me take a look at this. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew when I sent it to Nancy, uh, she was going to be like, uh, what? So is, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of what her text message was, was like, OK, I'll, I'll check it out. That's awesome. I love yeah. it. I love it. Um, you know, how as you have over the last few years done some traveling and teaching of the word and, you know, done your poetry and all, like, what are the things that you love to challenge women with the most, you know, kind of what are the things that are burning on your heart in this season of your life, just as, as the message that God has given you to, to share with other women? Honestly, um, it's going to sound really simple, but just, uh, their understanding of the character of God, Mm. because I, I, feel like that's that's really what anchors us is how we see Jesus if we see him rightly um and if we believe what we see as he is revealed in his scriptures our lives will be different mm-hmm. our joy will be evident doesn't mean that we won't have seasons of sadness and seasons of hardship but it does mean that we have an anchor of hope in the midst of it because we see the one who for the joy set before him endured the cross and so I think that's something I've been trying to be very intentional about with every text I teach yeah. or um, any time I talk, it's just like, man, let me make this as God saturated as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's actually what changes people's hearts and minds as believers and unbelievers. And so, yeah, I just want help. I just want people to see God better. Amen. That's kind of what I, what I've been yeah. on. Well, I hope I'll stay on that. But. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good, a we good life purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yes. <laughs> Very much mm-hmm. but yeah. What would you say to women who don't feel qualified or adequate to do what God has called them to do? One, I, I think if I was somebody else, I would, I would probably go another route. But for me, it's like awesome that you don't feel qualified or that that you don't feel adequate because in a sense what we've been called to do we are very inadequate at walking that out um and so i think to feel overly confident kind of sets you up to not actually depend on the lord to do what he's called you to do and so the encouragement would be okay remember when 
Moses felt the same way. God, who am I to go to Pharaoh and do all this crazy stuff that Jesus told me I'm going to do? And God doesn't even address the inadequacy. He simply says, I'll be with you. And so I think being reminded that God has promised and said the same thing of us, like, mm-hmm. go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he ends it and says, and I will be with you. And so the, I don't think we should meditate or be super concerned about what we lack, but rather say, God is with me even still, mm-hmm. even as I go out and make disciples, even as I teach the scriptures, even as I love my husband, even as I raise my children, even as I'm trying to be in the secular school and stay true to the scriptures, mm-hmm. God is with us. And so that's what I would say. Yes, you're inadequate. Of course you are. But God, right. <laughs> he is it. So as long God. as he's not, as long as he's whole, as long as he's everything that he says that he is and he is, I think we'll be fine. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, and how how do you and and I like I feel like this is a a question that I've asked a good bit of different women on the podcast. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I know that balancing it all is not like that's just sort of like a myth or whatever. But like, how how do you try to to keep everything, keep the main thing, the main thing when it comes to your husband and your kids and your ministry and all of that? Like, what are some of the do you have any checks and balances that you sort of have (laughs) in place to make sure that that happens? Yeah, I think one. When I, I think it started with the women I surrounded or because I just moved. And so I'm trying to gather these women in a new city. But when I was in Chicago, the women I surrounded myself with were women who had their priorities in check. And so I think having a community of older women and even younger women to always be around kind of always keeps me humble, keeps me low. Um, it, it kept my perspective uh, good. Because I think ultimately balance is a heart thing before it's actually a practical thing. Yeah. And so, like, for me, it was the community, but also prayer. I'm constantly um, bringing things to God, constantly asking him for his help, constantly confessing um, temptations that I may have to esteem traveling more than coming home and washing the dishes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so that's a second thing. But also, I am, like, very consistent when it comes to my calendar. And so because my home and my local church is a priority before everything else, because that's a heart posture of mine, then when I schedule things, that's always in the back of my mind is when I schedule this, does it conflict with any of the other priorities that I have uh, first and foremost? And so I don't think I do it great. I don't think anybody does. Um, But I I think I've learned, uh, what's the word? Yeah, I've just kind of learned how to, do it. I think the the more children I have, the more difficult it'll be. But right. I'm grateful to God that my mother has moved to Atlanta to be able to help me. <laughs> that's so, awesome. <laughs> I, I think that that that's a grace from God to be able to still do what I love to do, but also be able to be home and be present. Yeah, yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah. You know, Jackie, one question that we always ask on the podcast is, you know, what's something that you have been marked by, you know, whether that's a person or situation or whatever, but what is something in your life? And I know what you've shared a little bit about your life so far, but what's something that has marked you? Yeah. Honestly, what I, what I thought about was there, uh, when I lived in LA, I lived in LA close to maybe nine years ago and I had been a believer for maybe six or seven months. I moved in with uh, the woman that discipled me. And I was still, you know, when you're a new believer, 
and you love Jesus, but you just you're just trying to figure out this whole walk by the spirit thing. Yeah, so you right. just you just do a lot of worldly stuff still because <laughs> you, just, you just you figured it out. You know? Yeah. And um, I was in a situation with a young lady that was inappropriate, uh, that was sinful, that wasn't um, right before God. And my discipler and a group of women confronted me about it. And I remember when they were confronting me about it, about my heart before the Lord, I remember looking out the window and I saw the stars. And this is going to sound super corny, but I saw the stars and I thought about the God that made them and it scared me Mm. in the sense that I saw that I didn't fear him. And if these stars are so high and so massive and so big and so like otherworldly, like how much more is he? And Mm. I think that situation did something in my heart where I, I realized that I can have accountability. I can have community. I can have a robust theology. I can, I could be being used by God, but if I don't revere him, mm-hmm. if I don't reverence him, then all of these won't do much, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think that, that kind of has stayed with me for the, for my, I mean, these last nine to 10 years is do you fear God? And I'm not talking about trembling. Yeah. And I think you should tremble. Cause I think the Israelites trembled at the mountain for a reason, but it's like, are you keeping his holiness ever before you? Mm. Um, and so that's that's kind of been a thing for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I I I pray that by the Holy Spirit that it will, you know, always be. So. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, as someone who has heard you speak and listened to your albums, like you can definitely see that in your Thanks. work. You're always pointing to God um, when you talk and when you rap and when you. Do poetry? I don't know. What do you call that? What's the verb of poetry? <laughs> That's fine. Spoken word. Spoken oh, word. There, there you go. go. When yeah, you speak yeah. words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's encouraging. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think about your story. And Elizabeth and I were actually in a meeting yesterday where this this kind of thought came up of, um, you know, somebody looking at somebody like you who, who the Lord brought out of something big, you know, and he, you know, you you know, if you were to like, you, you've got a story enough to, to write a book about, you know, but then, you know, for the women who are listening today, who are going like, I don't have like, they're, they're looking at themselves going, I don't have a powerful testimony. Mine is super boring. I came to know Jesus when I was six, you know, like (laughs) how, how would you encourage somebody like that today? Who, you know, who, who is that, that woman who would say like, I grew up in church. I followed Jesus. I was the good girl. I was obedient. I still love him. I'm walking with him. You know, but who just sort of kind of has that, like when she hears a story like yours, it's like, oh, well, my story is not and like, I mean, yeah. I've heard women say like, my story is not as cool as that. So I'm not, I don't know that I have anything to offer or to share. Like, how yeah. would you help encourage her today? Well, that I've, I've heard that a lot, especially when I used to work with, um, I used to work with women uh, who were mentoring at-risk youth mm. um, in Chicago. And most of them, and this is this, I was working with about 50 to 60 women a year. Most of them did not have these super dramatic life experiences. But the beauty of it all is they didn't because they had parents that were believers and that were praying for them. Yeah. And so it's as if God shielded, shielded them from so much because of the way in which they were raised. And so I think my first thought would be, so glory be to God. Yeah. You don't have a crazy story like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that, that is the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God that you don't have 
that amount of baggage yeah. that you have to bring to the table and work through. Um, and that God was, he was really faithful to your parents and how he did uh, his work through you. But I think the second thing is, it will never be a boring thing to say that I was dead in my sins mm-hmm. and God rescued me from them. It doesn't matter if that was at four, yep. six, 12, 17. The fact is you were dead in sin and you've been raised to new life. Amen. And so that there is no way that will ever be boring. It's not boring to the angels. Right. So yeah. surely it should be boring <laughs> to us. Yeah. And so I, I think if it is boring is that we've just, we've lost sight of the miracle that really took place when God saved us. And so that's what I would say. Yeah. I think that's good. And I think that's just where I think like Elizabeth and I were both kind of talking yesterday and saying like, that's kind of where we were. And and I think I've realized that over the years and, you know, and even honestly from hearing testimonies of women like yours of just going, Lord, you know, like my life has been changed and you did come in Mm -hmm. and make all the difference and you saved me, you know, and brought me from death to life. And, but it's, the enemy will will try to tell us all manner of lies to help us think that like that that's not good enough or it's not yeah. significant. And yeah. um, but when we look at the cross of Christ, that's where it's like, whoa, you know, this is yep. this this is the thing that matters. Like this is yep. everything to us. And um, you know, and and we all have our own baggage in different shapes and form and sizes, you know, yeah. and all of that. And it just looks different. But um, yeah. but God still saved us from from ourselves and from sin. And, um, you know, to be with him. And so I'm grateful for that. And so if you're listening today and you've, you know, maybe you're sitting here thinking like I've grown up in church and, you know, I don't have an interesting story. Like, yes, you do. Like, or two, if you have a story like Jackie's where like, or maybe the Lord is working in you right now, you know, and is, is trying to, to get a hold of your heart. And somehow you're listening to this podcast today going, I don't know why I'm listening to this. Um, just that he is doing a work and he, he still has a work that he wants to do in and through you. And so I hope that you're encouraged today, wherever you're, you know, listening from, whether that's at home or at the gym, that's not where I'd be listening. I'd be listening in my car. I don't usually yeah. go to the gym much, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, I hope that that, that encourages you today. Um, you know, Jackie, how, how old are you? Do you mind me asking you that? I'm 28. I'll you're be 29 in two weeks. Oh gosh. I'm older than you are. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Most people are. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I love it. I'm not that much older. But, you know, but I think, too, to be 28, almost 29, and to kind of be doing some of the things that God has called you out for this season of life to do and all, you know, how as a younger woman are you, like, is there anything that you feel like you're coming up against as, as a woman or as a younger woman, whether it be in ministry or whatever, that has made things difficult or good? Or, like, how do you think that your age or any of that has impacted your ministry? For sure. I think, um, I think the, a pro of my age is that I'm able to relate and speak into the lives of so many young millennials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that maybe if I was 45, they might not listen to me. They might, but yeah. they, mm-hmm. I think that it's easier to listen to me because I'm, I look like them. I'm speaking like them. I, I come from the same, you know, I graduated in 2007, just like they did. You know? <laughs> and so it's, it's that kind of thing. I think a con is I always, I look forward to being older because of the wisdom that it will give me. Mm. Right. Um, because even like someone has asked me, Hey, will you write a book on womanhood? Yes. Maybe when I raised a woman. Yeah. 
Honestly, because I feel like, yeah, I know the scriptures. I know Titus 2. I know Ephesians 5. But I feel like I have more life to live mm-hmm. and more wisdom to gain before I would ever put my position, myself in a position to teach it. I could teach it, but I think it will be just, it'll be, it'll be denser um, once I'm older. And so I think that's a con, is that I always sense that I haven't lived long enough to gain enough wisdom to impact people in better ways. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I'm fine being in my twenties. I'm enjoying it. I'm yeah. not saying I want to, <laughs> but at the same time, I just feel like my ministry will be so much better when I've lived a little longer. Yeah, that totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similarly, what's one thing that you would tell the older generations about ministering to women your age? <sighs> Honestly, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I I feel like sometimes older women feel like they have to either speak young or be younger or always have to preface what they're about to say with something related to their age. I I don't think we need that. Like we're coming to you and we're listening to you because of where you are in life. And so I don't think you have to, I don't think you have to downplay that to be able to communicate to young women. I think you should be yourself, fully yourself. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 I agree. I love that. I'm not quite as young as you are, but I'm, we're probably in the same generation millennials. And uh, I agree. I think the same thing. And we can always, I feel like millennials are really into authenticity and I can tell if somebody's trying too hard to speak quote unquote young to me, you know? Yeah. That's the most uncool thing in the world. Right. (laughs) Because when people are their selves, that I, I think you you can see the Holy Spirit in a different way mm. because they've allowed him to shine through whatever quirks or idiosyncrasies they might have. And so I love that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's good. And I, and I think too, just to, and I feel like this is something we've said a lot on the podcast, but it's like to look at the older generation of women and just to remind them that we need, like, we need you. Like, we need what Absolutely. you, you know, like you're saying, like, you're not ready to write a book on womanhood yet, but a lot of our moms and grandmothers and all the women in between, you know, could could give us more experience and bring more to the table when it comes to what it looks like to follow Christ over a long period of time. And as as you're raising kids and, you know, as you're growing in your marriage or in your singleness and things like uh-huh. that, just that like they've got experience. And so like we we need you. And so if you're yeah. listening today, like and, you, and you're that woman going, I don't have anything to offer or I'm trying to be too cool. Um, just remember that the, the younger woman in your life needs you. And and honestly, if you were just to text or call somebody or send them a Facebook message for Pete's sake, like, and just tell them you <laughs> want to hang out, like they would love to do it. And, um, and it, ma- it makes a difference in our lives. I agree. I agree. That was a, a prayer of mine. I was telling a friend, I was like, I have a lot of moms around me that I can glean wisdom from, but they're, they're in it like I am. Yeah. Right. Sometimes you need people, their children are in college. Yeah. So they're not in it anymore it, it, that's a different kind of encouragement when oh, they can yeah. say oh I, yeah i've been through the toddler baby stage and the like college grown stage uh-huh. i need that kind of encouragement yes yeah. And, uh, so yeah for sure and like i just got married a couple months ago and so i'm still like i and i'm grateful for my friends who are in the like that are in my community group and stuff like that who are in our same stage of life but the most valuable conversations over the last few months have by far been from like my friends parents and people yeah. who are like 15 years in, 20 years in or whatever, and, you know, 30 years in and can just say, 
I promise, like, it's going to get, this is going to get easier. Are y'all going to figure this out? Or, you know what? That's probably always going to be that way. You know, whatever it may be, you know, they've just brought truth because they've lived it. And it makes a huge difference. So I think there's a ton we can glean from, for men and women like that alike. So. Yeah. Just last night I was sitting with a bunch of girls in their younger 20s. So they were like just fresh out of college or still in college. And they were all like, I'm just looking for purpose. I don't know what my, what to do with my life. And I was like, Hey, I've been there. Let me just tell you, it does get better, but you may not ever understand what we're doing. No one knows what we're doing. (laughs) We're all just experimenting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But uh, I think that was, I was able to encourage them because I had been through that stage and come out on the other side and I'm still alive and still, you know, still love Jesus. (laughs) So it's, it's going to work out. It just sometimes takes a little while. Absolutely. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for your time today and just for sharing some of your story and um, for just encourage. I mean, I feel like I've been encouraged today just by what you said and just challenged to to on how I view God in this season of my life and just to, to look up and see him. So. Um, yeah, we're just grateful for you and for your ministry. And, um, I can't wait to sit down and finish reading your book (laughs) and, um, and for all of the rest of you guys to be able to purchase that starting September 3rd, um, we will put a link to it in the show notes. So you'll be able to find it and figure out how to connect with Jackie on social media and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but, um, and if you want to see Jackie speak, she's at our abundance. Yes, she is. Mm -hmm. So we'll have links to those too. Absolutely. I know abundance is fun, isn't it? It definitely is. And it's different every city. Yeah. Um, which is which is cool. Like with Jamie Ivy and Lisa. It's just a cool little situation. Yeah. yeah it's a blast. It's so, so we yeah. hope that you guys will come out and come out to an abundance event wherever you are. Um but Jackie, thanks again and we will Thank see you guys next time on the Mark Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C and at E D Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkPodcast to connect with us. You can also find LifeWay Women on all social media channels at LifeWay Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com forward slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We'll see you next time.